The key to success on the field and in your backyard is a comprehensive game plan. So if you're building a fence or a deck this year, trust a Terkstra coach to design, quote, or order the right materials for your project. Visit a Terkstra Lumber near you to learn more. From the Ticats Audio Network, this is the Coach O Show with Luke Tasker. Welcome to the Coach O Show with Luke Tasker. The Coach O Show is presented by Turkster Lumber. If you're thinking of tackling a project at your home, talk to a project coach at Turkster Lumber. They can help with everything from ordering a new front door to designing a new deck or fence. Do it yourself does not mean do it alone. Visit turksterlumber.com to learn more. <coughs> coach, great to see you, man. And first of all, congrats uh, on on making it through the weekend and being inducted into the uh, the, to the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. That's a great honor. Appreciate it, Luke. You no, know, it was. Uh, they put on a fantastic event, and you know, obviously, I went in with with no expectations, just trying to soak everything up and be in the moment. And nice to see some familiar faces that I played against, and to meet the ones that, of course, uh, I may have only heard about or not at all. Yeah, that's great. It's official now. Your bust is. Uh... Standing up in uh, in uh, Tim Hortons Field in the Hall of Fame room uh, for for all uh, football history. That's fantastic, man. The uh, listeners can tune in to the Ticats Audio Network this week. We will have a special podcast where one uh, special member in, in my football life and community, Marv Levy, uh, was inducted uh, alongside of yourself, Coach O, and actually my dad, Steve, and I will interview him on the Ticats Audio Network later this week. Um, very very cool for me to have my coach uh inducted and my dad's into the uh, canadian football hall of fame so that's to come on the ticats audio network coach your family was around the fans were all uh that supported you throughout your career and now as a coach were there what was it like to when you accepted uh, uh that induction uh just a, a feeling of just like gratefulness you know and like just trying to soak it in and then when you're up on the podium and you're looking out it's a whole different feeling because it's like you're here like this is this is it and when you know when pin presented me the, the the jacket it was uh even even more surreal so that was that was a fun time there um it's as you can tell i'm struggling to put it into words it's just kind of something you have to experience and feel obviously i could tell you that it felt great and you know i was excited and anxious and all the emotions but you know those are just overviews and but specifically um just happy for everybody that you know was supportive of me along the journey whether that was a text message an email it wasn't just about the people that were there it was people that just were extremely genuinely happy uh that i was able to accomplish something like that people that felt like they may have had a hand in the journey uh those people is uh were that's what got me excited. The ones that were there was, it was outstanding having to be surrounded by friends. That's awesome. Um, but I know a lot of people shared in the joy of that. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, a lot of that response sounds like when players get asked, what do you feel after they've won a gray cup? I've never won a gray cup, but how do you compare that sort of the two notches on a, on a football player's belt? They see, you know, the winning the championship and, and, and going into the hall of fame. How does it compare those two? Great question. I'm not sure I have a great answer, but I'll try. And I'll say that I think the Grey Cup is a sense of accomplishment of we did it, you know, and mm. and it's kind of recognized that, like everybody doesn't get a cup, mm. right? Um, everybody's etched on the cup. 
Uh, that's that's huge. And I think it also depends on, you know, which Grey Cup you've won. Is it your first? Is it your second? But sure. Or, or, or the multiple Grey Cups. Whereas this is really odd because I'm talking the Hall of Fame induction because it's the ultimate team sport where you're getting recognized as an individual. Hmm. And so I'd say that's the biggest difference is that when you after you're in the Grey Cup or you could equate it to the East final and just the locker room feeling. And yeah. when the trophy's out there, it's very similar. It's very similar, just like a sense of accomplishment. You're not thinking of yourself or your catches. You're thinking, we did this. And I think you're forced to reflect a little bit more on yourself, even though it is an ultimate team sport uh, when you're being inducted to a Hall of Fame. Hmm. The, uh, Of course, last week we kind of discussed and maybe some of the Hall of Fame uh, ceremonies in the week leading up you know, it could be easily seen as a distraction from you and probably different from a lot of the other players, a lot of the other uh, great players and coaches who are getting uh, inducted. You had a big job to do that week, and I could see how that could be distracting. But the inverse of that, the unfortunate thing for you is you had a job to do. So did you felt like were you able to enjoy it to its fullest extent, meaning the Hall of Fame induction, or were you somewhat distracted from being able to enjoy such a good, uh, such a great honor? Well, I'd be lying if I said I thought I could enjoy it to the fullest because, you know, obviously, you know, just my time was was budgeted and then, you know, there was little there was restraints and I had responsibilities, hmm. but I still wanted to take in as much as I could, um, even if it was the induction things and try to make it for as many photo things as I could. But at the end of the day, I had to prepare meetings, I had to prepare practice. Uh, you know, we had to get a football team ready. For a, for a game, you know, fortunately for me, I'm surrounded by a bunch of great people with a lot of experience, but, you know, ultimately, you know, I have to be in front of these, these men every day. So I knew that going in, so I didn't, I don't have any challenge with it at all. It was um, just something that I knew, but I know I wouldn't be able to experience it per se, like the rest of those who didn't have uh, immediate responsibilities. Mm. Yeah. Well, moving on, and congrats. That that's just a great honor. It was special for me and all my teammates to see you get that reward, to get that award as well. Zero um, and two. It's not how you envisioned the start of the twenty twenty two season, but two very different games, at least from from my uh, viewing of them from the booth. What did you feel walking off the that that field Saturday night in Tim Hortons Field compared to the week one as you left the field in Saskatchewan? Was it different for you? Oh yeah, it was it was a different feeling, you know. I was there's just a sense of just disappointment, you know. I was, uh, you know, you're disappointed week one also. Uh, you never never feels good to lose a football game, but I felt like I felt like our staff did an outstanding job of preparing everybody, and I felt like we went out and executed uh, for the majority of the football game. And when you're not able to finish. It's just a, a different feeling. I've been part of some of those comebacks. I've been on the other side of it. Those are a lot more fun. Yeah. I can tell you that. But this is really the first time in my career where there was a deficit like that that I remember um, coming out on the other side of it, right? So just, you know, it, it's the tale of just almost two emotions, right? Where you we played pretty well in all three phases uh, in the first half and, you know, even parts of the third quarter. But uh, once again, you know, there's no moral victories, but I was extremely proud of our football team. I think it'll be hard to find 
a football team that's not playing hard, that's not, you know, committed to the cause. Uh, ultimately, it has to show up in the win column. But um, your, your question, I believe, was how did I feel? Just disappointed. Mm-hmm. Tale of two halves. I mean, one of the most explosive electric offensive halves that we've seen in a long time, I feel like. Uh, just Dane was so sharp. Uh, what did you do so well in the half that then didn't click right in the second half? Well, I think we got the ball out quick, right? And I think we didn't take sacks. We didn't take negative yardage plays, and we were able to, you know, the wind was a factor, and I thought we played a a decent wind game, and you've been part of many of those, and it it is a a factor uh, here at Tim Hortons Field a, a lot of the time. So, I would say that, uh, you know, we were sharp there in, in, in all three phases, and that's why the score was the way it was. And I think uh, we had an opportunity to really cement that going, you know, obviously into the wind. And, you know, we, threw, we, we had a turnover down there in the end zone, and then we went for it again uh, later in the quarter on a third and about one and a half and weren't able to convert. And uh, those type of things aren't great. And then, you know, defense, we had them in third down and we didn't make a stop. So this isn't a finger pointing. It's a collective thing. We had opportunities to, you know, the game's never over, but we had opportunities to really make it really tough on Calgary with it, any early score coming out of the half. The inverse of that, did you see Did you see a recognizable or identifiable change in Calgary who struggled to get any sort of rhythm offensively in the first half and in the third quarter looked entirely different? I think this had more opportunity. Mm. You know, I think, you know, we took the wind in the third quarter and just tried to keep, to keep that. And I thought they managed it pretty well uh, when they had it. But, you know, you're not going to keep it's a, you're not going to keep teams down. Very, very rarely are you going to get lopsided scores uh, in this league. You know, it's it's usually going to come down to a, you know, some something within 10 points or something like that. So you know, I just think they executed a little bit better than we did. And it's the game is about coming down to execution a lot of the times. Yeah. Coach, I've been in your uh, meetings, locker rooms. I know for a fact the way that the, that ball security is taught and how it's preached the importance of that. Ticats are at negative four right now in the turnover ratio. The thing that jumps out to me that's interesting or I guess surprising is is the fumbles. And maybe I just I assume a number of interceptions in the CFL. It's just it's a wide field. It's a passing league. But you guys have had a, a, a couple fumbles in each of these games. What is there a a change in the way you're presenting this to the team? Is there what's your strategy from a coaching perspective as to how to how to flip that stat line around moving forward? Well, just you, you hope the motivation is that we're going to have a hard time winning if we continue to turn the ball over and. and and at this rate, it's just going to make it hard. It doesn't make it impossible, but it sure makes it tough. And, and you know, whether it's fumbles or interceptions, we just got to work on our ball security. As far as the practicing things, you've been part of it. You know, we're emphasizing it every day, you know, when we go out there. However, you know, you can't play for them. And, and the thing about the players is that nobody's going out there trying to mess up, right? It's just got to be that important to them. And sometimes, you know, Luke, you, you're part of some outstanding locker rooms, as was I. And, you know, most of the time that I found on the great teams, by the time the head coach or a position coach or a coordinator went to curb something, it had already been handled. And I think that's 
what it always has to come from within. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it just, uh, and I'm not saying we don't have that. I'm just saying that that's when it becomes, you know, the most, the most meaningful and the most, uh, serious isn't the right word, but you understand where I'm talking, where I'm coming from right now. So, um, I think that's the approach. You, you know, we always are going to address the elephant in the room. We don't run from that. Mm-hmm. And you, you just tell them the reality is we keep this up. It's going to make it real hard on her. Yeah. The You mentioned the uh, third and short scenarios, both offensively and defensively. When it comes down to that choice, say taking the three points, um, obviously, you know, the turnover on that third and short is so costly, but can't be predicted or really prevented other than just what we discussed, just an emphasis on ball security. But is that a, is that an evolving decision-making moment for you? Are you sort of still analyzing when, uh, or is that something you can just double down on and say, we're, this is, this is what we're going to do in situations like this. And we've got to just get better at it. Well, I think for every, every game, it's a little bit different. Okay. You know, I remember, I think, uh, what in 19, I think we were almost flawless, yeah. you know, when it, when it came to that and, you know, and it wasn't like it was always a gimme, you know, it was just a high level of confidence. So I think for, for us right now, yeah, it's to sit here and say that, no, it's just a cookie cutter model. We're going every time, you know, depending on the game situation, the win situation, you know, for example, they're going to get the ball at the 40 if we kick a field goal right there. They're right. going to take the ball, and they're going to have the win. And there's just so many factors that people don't put into it, whereas if we get it and we score a touchdown, we know we're kicking off, and it's it's a different thing. So, you know, I felt very confident that we would we would be able to execute that. And, you know, and when it came to the, the one heading the other way, you know, you don't – sometimes you don't get them, you know, but you're not expecting the other team to be lining up for an extra point. Mm. You know, you're not, you know, how do you, you don't, those type of things you're not, you're not prepared for because you don't practice those. Mm. You don't practice a sudden change, you know, quarterback sneak fumble for a touchdown. Right. That's, uh, those are, those are tough breaks. And I got to believe that uh, we'll have our, our fair share of good ones uh, moving forward. The, the, it looks very different this year where teams electing to take to go to offense instead of go to kick return after a field goal the starting on the 40 yard line it 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 feels dangerous deep from a defensive mindset it's that you've it's so much yardage already given up and just visually from the seventh floor from our booth it's like it's it's jumping out to me it's like oh man like you got to take it into account as to whether or not you're going to try a field goal or punt or whether you know it's uh, it's an interesting uh, uh, decision-making conundrum that along with the wider hash marks have those two things been discussed are they are they becoming part of your game time dis- or, or your uh, yeah, in-game decision-making oh yeah definitely and I would say more so you know electing to take the football or not or if we want the time off the clock mm. if we want to make them run one more time there's just the in-game scenarios that you know that you got to manage so, you know, as far as the hash marks and that, I mean, you're starting to feel the effects a little bit of how people are using it. And some people are just carrying on business as usual. But, you know, it doesn't mean that game planning and those things, you know, aren't taking a turn. So I think we need a bigger sample size. You know, by the time we get to Labor Day, I think you'll have a good idea of, 
if the points have been affected, you know, if bigger play calls, if we are really attacking the field corner as much as we anticipated. Uh, so I just think it's where it's ongoing right now and, mm. and we'll collect a bigger sample size and be able to give you a more accurate answer. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see the statistics as the season progresses across the league as to who is percentage of electing to take the ball or, or, or to go to, re, to the return. And we'll keep an eye on that as we go. Coach, looking forward, you guys are going to Winnipeg. Uh, yeah. Yes, reigning Grey Cup champs. Uh, they're 2-0, and but their wins have been uh, far from blowouts. They had two very close battles with Ottawa, uh, but they did find a way in both, uh, in both uh, uh, contests. What are they doing right right now that you're preparing for? Well, they're winning. They're finding a way to win. They're finding a way to finish, you know, despite the adversity and a little bit of changeover in their roster. They've they've managed to remain competitive. And, you know, they still look very well coached. You know, when I'm looking at them in all three phases, I think they, you know, they, they do a good job up front uh, on both sides of the football, which always bodes well for receivers, quarterbacks, and, of course, defensive backs mm-hmm. uh, when you're talking about defense. So, you know, they, um, you know, and they'll be at home. It's a, it's a tough place to play, but, um, you know, I love the buildup and, shoot I'm, I'm looking forward to going out there i loved playing in winnipeg had good games out there yeah. it's a fun fun stadium uh coach all the best as you go uh out west there um we will pick the the coach o show with luke tasker every week throughout the uh cfl season and looking forward to many more coach have a great week of prep awesome thanks luke see you soon Another episode of the Coach O Show with Luke Tasker is in the books. Let us know your thoughts. Email us at gamedayatiecats.ca. Coach O and Luke are back next week to discuss the latest from the locker room. Subscribe to the Ticats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.